Welcome to Seven Mile Ministry. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning. Turn to your neighbor and say, you just as ugly as you was last year. <laughs> no, you better not say that. 2021, here we are. Y'all, uh, y'all excited? Y'all ready for a new year? Me too. Some things that need to be left in 2020. Amen? So, uh, let's get into the Word and talk about starting the year off right. Here we are, January 3rd, and um, you're at the right place this morning. This is a good place to start the year off in God's house, hearing God's Word. Amen? It's important how you start your day off. And we'll get into that. So we're going to be in Psalms uh, 19th chapter. And if you haven't been with us, we've been talking about David and we're still talking about David, his life and looking at some of the Psalms and uh, different things and just uh, really um, making sense. It always has made sense, but us understanding you know, the Psalm, what he was going through when he wrote it where he was at and tying it together and it helps you uh, identify with it. So I'm going to read the whole chapter of Psalms 19 and then we'll, we'll go through it. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day they pour forth speech and night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech, they use no words, no sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived from its warmth. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from a honeycomb. By them your servant is warned, and keeping them there is great reward. But who can discern their own arrows? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgressions. And may these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock, my redeemer. Now, C.S. Lewis wrote and said this was David's greatest work. And who can argue with him? Amen. But you see right here, he's talking about um, creation. And he says that it's speaking, but there's, there's no words coming forth. It's not making a sound, but it's talking, isn't it? When people talk about how they don't believe in God, for example, and you know there's not a God, 
Well, I can walk outside and see the sun come up or the sunset or just look around at creation and, I mean, it's speaking. It's talking. It's an amazing thing. If you look around at creation, I know we take a lot of these things for granted, but wow, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a powerful, powerful thing. Amen? So he's talking about creation here. And that creation is speaking even though there's not any words coming out. And I'm speaking a sermon to you right now. I'm preaching to you this morning with words. But I want to tell you, the greatest sermons that you'll ever hear don't have words. They don't have words. Your life is a sermon. What you do, how you go about your day, how you react, what you don't say is very powerful. And your life is a sermon. And sometimes your life is the only Bible that people will ever read. And the life that you live in front of them is what's going to draw them uh, to the feet of Jesus. Amen. And it's important that the life that we live, it's important that the sermon that our life actually speaks because um, you'll see two sermons. You'll see a sermon that someone speaks with their mouth. You'll see a sermon that people live with their life. And if the life you live doesn't line up with the words that's coming out of your mouth, people aren't going to listen to you. They're not going to respect you. And they're not going to follow you to church. Y'all with me? Your life needs to line up with your words. And so today I was, I was going back and forth on what will be the title of the sermon because I got so many different things stirring and, and, and whatnot. But um, I decided to go with the sound of silence. The sound of silence. There was a man, um, I don't remember his name. This is a story I read once. They had built a business. He had worked so hard. He come from nothing and built this business. And the business was thriving and doing really well. And his wife came down with Alzheimer's and he had to take care of her. He didn't check her in a home. He, he, he took care of her. And so much so that he couldn't be at work and he couldn't run his business. So what he did was he walked away from it. And he sold it. And his friends were like, I mean, she's so bad off, she didn't even know who he was, didn't even know his name, didn't know him at all. And his friends are like, you're, this business that you've built, you're walking away from it, and she doesn't even know you. And he said, yes, yeah, she doesn't know me, but I know her. Or you could say, she doesn't know me, but I know me. In other words, his life was a very powerful sermon. Amen. Now think about all the people in the Bible, all the different sermons that you, that you read about that don't have any words to go with them, just like the solar system, just like God, the sun coming up and the moon and the stars, everything that He created, there's no words, but they speak volumes. Now think about Moses, there's so many, but Moses and Aaron are there, and God says, go before Pharaoh, throw down your rod, so they go, and Aaron throws down the rod, and it turns into a serpent. You know what? No words were needed. The stick, the rod that they threw on the ground, it did the talking. Then he said, go out before the river, and stretch out that stick, and hit that water with that stick. Stretch it out to the river. And so Moses goes and does that. Then the river... The water turns to blood. There wasn't any words spoken. Once again, that stick, that staff was doing all the, all the talking. Then God says, take the blood and apply it to the doorpost of the houses. 
And the people were putting the blood on the door. I don't hear anything. The blood's not talking. But later on that night when all the firstborn died in the Egyptian homes and nobody died in the Hebrew homes, let me tell you, the blood was talking then. Amen. It's too quiet in here. Amen. The blood was talking. The blood was doing the talking. And then they plundered the Egyptians and they're going. They're getting out of Dodge. Y'all know where that came from? Gun smoke. They're getting the heck out of Dodge. They're getting out of there. And they come before the Red Sea. Now the Egyptians are hot on their trail coming to get them. And God says, stretch forth that staff. Stretch it. Stretch it out. And then the waters part and they walk across on dry ground. That dirt was talking. That was the sermon. The sermon was in the dry ground that they walked on. And I noticed there when he tells Moses to stretch, stretch forth the rod. Hey, sometimes God's going to stretch you. When you're in a tight spot, and it may not make any sense, but God's going to stretch you. That's when you find out who you are, what you're made of. That's when you find out, that's when some character is built, integrity. Amen. Praise the Lord. There's more stories about that stick. They're thirsty, and they're murmuring and complaining. We don't have anything to drink. And he goes over there and hits a rock, and water comes out. Water was talking to him. There wasn't any words coming, just water. The water was doing the talking. You think about the woman in the Bible in Mark 14th chapter and Jesus is fixing to go to the cross and she comes in and she's got a whole year's worth of wages tied up in this bottle of perfume. A whole year's worth of wages in perfume. And what does she do? She pours it out. She uses it on Jesus. And all the people were saying, why are you doing that? If you, First of all, if you knew what kind of woman she was, you wouldn't even be in the same room with her. But now she's wasting all her money. She could have used that money on some, someone else and they're, they're complaining and grappling. He says, oh, oh, hold up. You leave her alone. Let me tell you something. He said, wherever this gospel was preached, she's going to be remembered. You know what she's going to be remembered for? The smell of that perfume. Not from the words that were coming out of her mouth because she wasn't talking. She was just pouring out everything that she had and she'll be remembered for the smell. There's some that'll be remembered for not having a smell because the three Hebrew children, when uh, they were thrown in the fiery furnace, Nebuchadnezzar, he said, hey, what? I think I see somebody else in the furnace. And then they come out of the furnace. It says their clothes weren't burned, their hair weren't singed, and they didn't even smell like smoke. They didn't even smell like they had been through what they had been through. But see, a lot of people go through things, but boy, you can smell it on them because they tell you about it. Because it isn't a silent sermon. It isn't a sound. There's not a peace that surpasses all understanding. I was thinking you're going through life sometimes and we're going this direction. This is the way we want to go. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're following the Lord and everything seems to be good. Life's good. Then all of a sudden, we're going this way. But I want to go that way, but I'm following the Lord. And sometimes He just takes you down into some places that you never intended it on being. But you know what? You learn some things while you're here and you come back out of them. Now you're prepared to go forward because you weren't prepared, you weren't ready before, but you learned some things down there. See, you can go through some things and not come out smelling like you went through them. In other words, you can go through them and not come out bitter. Because you can smell bitterness. Do you smell any? Sometimes you start to smell yourself. I'm not being funny. I mean, I am in, in a way sniffing myself. I hope you can't smell me. But I'm talking about sometimes you can just smell bitterness. You smell exactly like what you've been through. 
Amen. For note takers, that's in Daniel 3. If you want to write that down. In John the 8th chapter, we're talking about the sound of silence, the power of silence. See, everybody here is called to preach. You may not be called to be a pastor, but be it behind the pulpit to have that responsibility, but you're called to preach. What are you going to preach with? Your life. Your life. The life that you live is preaching. A woman's caught in adultery and they drag her up and they throw her down at the feet of Jesus and they said, the law says the stoner. What do you say, Jesus? And you remember? He kneels down and he starts writing on the ground and he stands up and he says, well, whoever is here without sin, go ahead, start the party. And then he knelts back down and he starts writing. I don't know what he was writing, nor does anyone else, because the scripture doesn't tell us what he was writing. And let me tell you, whatever he was writing was very powerful. There was a sound of silence coming off that ground. Perhaps he was writing down their names, what they did on prom night. I don't know. But he was writing down something. That ground was talking. What he was writing on the ground was talking. Amen. There's people in here that preach with their lives and you don't even realize that you're preaching with your lives. We have somebody that stays out in the foyer or that's looking around that's eyes on you and you don't even know it. Because you know you see that on the news these nutty people go into buildings and they shoot it up and kill people. Churches. Well, there's somebody here that says, I'm just going to sit out here and before they can kill you, they'll have to kill me. See, that's a sermon. It may not be on Apple Podcasts or on YouTube or on Facebook, but let me tell you, it's a sermon. It's a powerful sermon. And God sees it. God hears it. God hears the word that's coming out of it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Speaking of that, we are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and YouTube and Facebook. I forget to tell you all these things. Man. Speaking of the sound of silence, <laughs> it's quiet up in here this morning. The sound of silence. In John chapter 11, first of all, Jesus says, I'm the way. Truth to life, that's me. I'm him. I can forgive sins. I can resurrect. And when he forgives you of your sins, you may not realize it, but he is resurrecting you. He can tell them about it, but he didn't come and do a lot of telling. He did a lot of showing. He let me show you how to do it. Because he would never ask you to do something that you couldn't do. That's why he became a man and came to earth to show you, yep, you can do it. You can do it. Do it just like me. I'm the way. And anyway, Lazarus, they come, they come to him and they said, Lazarus, he's sick, he needs you. He's going to die if you don't get there. Well, he didn't get in any hurry. By the time he gets there, Lazarus is already dead and he's in the tomb and he says, roll away the tomb. They said, I mean, the rock from the tomb. And he, they said, oh no, he's going to be stinky. He says, just roll it away. What did he say? He didn't preach a sermon. He just said, Lazarus, come on out of there. And Lazarus come walking out. 
Lazarus' life from thereafter was a sermon. Wherever he went, he preached because he's the one that used to be dead, but now he's alive. He can sit at the dinner table and never even say a word and preach a sermon to everybody because they saw him die. They buried him and he came out. His life represented, it was a sermon. You once were dead, but now you're alive. And if you don't understand who you are in that story, you're Lazarus. You're Lazarus because he's called you out. He says, hey, Red. Hey, Anna. Come on out of there. That's what happens when you get born again, resurrected. All things are new. Behold, all things are new. The old man's dead and the new man has come to life. Amen? And these sermons are still preaching to us many years later, just like the sun, the moon, the earth, the, the solar system is still cycling. You know these sermons are still cycling. Everything Moses did, still cycling. Whatever David did, these psalms that we read, still cycling. What Jesus did, it's still cycling. Thousands of years later, these sermons are still cycling. Praise the Lord. That's important to understand that what you do, it sets things in motion. What you do sets things in motion. See, I have a grandmother that set things in motion with her children. And then her children set some things in motion in me. And now me, and of course my wife as well, set some things in motion with our children. And I... And a thousand years from now, if we're still here, if I won't be here, but if, if we're still on earth, if Jesus hasn't come back, that cycle's still going to be going. But somebody had to set it in motion. You know what they set it in motion with? Their lives. With their lives. And of course, I spent a lot of time with my grandmother, but I've seen her preach a lot of sermons, but she never said anything. I mean, she didn't get behind the pulpit and preach to you. Her life was the sermon. And it sets things in motion. And it, sets, it gets the cycle going. And we're supposed to use our lives to set things in motion and get things going and get things looping. And I was asking Anna this morning about looping and about music, how you get them looping, because I don't understand music. So I was getting a, a lesson on that. But you, get this, you can get things looping in, in, in a song. That screen that's up there during the words, that background is on a loop. It just keeps looping and it doesn't stop. But somebody had to set it in motion. David's talking about the sun, the moon, the earth. He's talking about um, things here in, in the beginning of Psalms. But it's really not a science. He's not giving us a science lesson. He's showing us how creation preaches and how creation operates on cycles and how consistent it is, and how it's going round and round and round, and you and I should be consistent. We should be operating like that. And um, these cycles create situations, and we shouldn't be living from situation to situation to situation, but rather from revelation to revelation to revelation. Amen? It's a new year, and with a new year, we need a new cycle. Many of us need a new cycle. The sound of silence, the power that's associated with it. He starts off here in the psalm talking about the solar system. But he ends talking about his soul. I started to call it the soul or system, S-O-U-L. Because he starts off talking about the solar system, but he ends up talking about the solar system. And... Uh, you know, it's a new year, new cycle. 
like I say, starting it in the right place. And you can start your day off. How you start your day off will determine really how your day is going to go. It will def definitely affect it. How you start the year off is going to determine how the year goes and what kind of cycle you're starting. And you can get up in the morning and you can go straight to Facebook or you can get up in the morning and go to the book. You can get up in the morning you can check your messages or you can get up and get into the message. You can get up in the morning and get your computer out and start checking all your emails, or you can get up in the morning and check your email. I know that's corny, but I don't care. It's important. It's a cycle. Praise the Lord. In the 14th verse, he says, let me find it. He says, May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock, my redeemer. Let the meditation... He's not talking about doing yoga. He's not talking about you know, getting in one of those weird positions and going, um, or whatever it is they're doing. Actually, in the, in the Hebrew language, uh, meditation is actually a musical term, but it's talking about... He, the power, he's actually talking about the power of silence. In other words, it's what you're thinking about. It's what's on your mind. It's what you're meditating on. What sermon are you listening to in your head? Because, uh, well, let me give you an example. Austin, he calls me the coach. Coach, he says, you're the coach. Coaching us. Okay, I am the coach. But I was thinking about who's the head coach? And I know the first thing that pops in your mind is God is, but nah, it's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your head. It's your head. And you're the head coach. Because it's up to you to what you're going to listen to, what you're going to meditate on, what you're going to think of. You're in charge of your head, not me. Now, I'm up here preaching a sermon to you, but you're going to go home the rest of this week and you're going to hear another sermon. You're going to say, Satan has silent sermons as well. There's power in that silence as well. Because he's the, he's the father of lies. He does this also. He wants to get you in a cycle and wants you to just keep looping and keep looping and keep cycling around yourself instead of cycling around the source. So he wants to get you in the cycle of lies where that's all you're believing is lies that he tells. Because he is the father of lies. Amen. And get you looping. You're not good enough. You'll never have this. You'll never get married. Never going to have kids. Never be successful. Nobody would ever want you. Um, you've gone too far. He tells you about all your sins. He just leaves out the part about, hey, where your sin abounds, grace much more abounds. He leaves out the part about, you used to be that person, but you're a new creation now. He just wants to keep reminding you of who you used to be. Amen. And you can get caught in that loop. You can get caught in that cycle. Just like the sun and moon, everything's going and spinning in a cycle and the sun comes up every morning, the sun goes down every evening. You can get in the cycle where you're just living in a cycle of lies and that's all you think about, that's what's on your mind and you're always thinking about not enough, not enough, not enough. David goes up to fight Goliath. He goes there and his brother says, you're not enough. Look at you. You just go back and keep him a little old sheepy tending. You're just a little boy. 
And Saul says, you can't look at you. You're just a little boy. This guy is huge. He, he's a warrior. He's been a warrior since his youth. He's got swords and shields. He's got all this stuff. And you can't do it. And he says, I'm not coming in, in my head. I'm coming in the name of the Lord of hosts. In other words, there's something in his heart that they couldn't see. It was what you would want to call the, the power in the silence or a silent sermon. It was coming from his heart. You think about there's two yous, the old you and the new you. And the old you always wants to raise his head up. His old, old you, the old you is always trying to come back to life to remind you of who you used to be, what you used to do. The old you is wanting to uh, react to situations and certain things and get you going. And um, you're going to listen to the old you or the new you. Amen. Let me give you an example. You go to a restaurant and there's a lady there and she's not nice at all. Your waitress, she's not nice. In fact, she's kind of mean and ornery. And you kind of want to just tell her what it's, tell her something. Here's your tip. Try to be nicer next time. Well, that's not the new you. That's not coming out of your heart. If that's coming out of your heart, you've been putting the wrong thing in your heart. See, so the new you is going to say, hold, 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 hold up right here. You don't know what she's going through. Maybe she is bitter. Maybe she is being mean. But you just don't know she's got a newborn baby. She didn't sleep any last night. She don't even have enough money to buy aura gel to put it on its teeth. And it's teething. That's why it's crying all night. And her old man beat her before she came to work. And her best friend's her mama. But her mama just got diagnosed with cancer and only has two months to live. The lady came to my house yesterday to thinking about buying something and we talked and her husband had passed away and she was terribly upset. She talked a while and she cried a while and talked a while and cried a while and then I texted her and invited her to church and she said she was already going to church, which is good. And she said, but thank you for listening to me. I feel better tonight. It helped. She didn't say thank you for preaching a sermon to me. She just said thank you for listening to me. That's what she thanked me for, listening to me. Silence. The sound of silence. The power of silence. See, listening to somebody is not waiting for your turn to talk. But it's just listening to them. Of course, I shared a scripture or two with her before she left and assured her that she's absolutely 100% going to see her husband again. And it's just, you know... Uh, this life is just snap of a finger and then compared to eternity, it's just a vapor or a mist. That's what Paul tells us, right? So you're going to preach to yourself. I'm talking about meditating. You're going to preach to yourself. So you're either going to preach to yourself from yourself or you're going to preach to yourself from the source. He said, if you're going to preach to yourself, you need to preach to yourself from the source because if you're preaching to yourself from yourself, I can already tell you what the sermon is going to be titled. It's not enough because it's never enough. Is $30,000 a lot of money when you have a job? It is till you make 30. Is 50,000 enough? It is until you make 50. Is 100 enough? It is till you make 100. Is $150,000 a year enough? It is until you have 150,000 a year. See, it's never enough. It's never going to be enough. What you can do and what you can muster up and what you can earn or, or do is not enough. 
He's the source, and with Him, it's always going to be enough. And when, anytime you start this cycle with yourself, it's always going to go back around to insufficient and not enough. Not enough. That's why it's a new year. We need to get into a new cycle, and we need to be preaching to ourselves from the source. Amen? Amen. Jesus said, feed them. What in the world are we going to feed them? What have we got? Where they're looking at themselves. What have we got? Come here, little boy. What you got? Oh, you got some bread? Five loaves of bread and two fish? This isn't enough. This isn't enough. But what was enough was standing right beside them. The source that could provide enough the whole time was standing right beside them. We get caught up in the loop too. Well, I don't have enough. I don't have enough. I can't do it. Me, 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 me. It's all about me. And I'm in this me, 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 me loop when I need to be in a different loop. You. You, 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 you. You remember Toby Keith, he sang this song. He said, I want to talk about me because he's a cop and he's got a partner and it's a woman and all she ever wants to do is talk about herself. And he said, I have to listen about that hair and them nails and your boyfriend and all. I don't even remember how the song goes. I never really liked it because it's kind of silly and I don't like silly songs. I like for real songs. But he says, sometimes I just want to talk about me. Because I have to listen about you all the time. I wonder how many people are in our lives that think that. I wonder if God thinks that. All you want to talk about is you. I'm the source. You're not the source. Amen. Jesus is going with his disciples and, and the Jewish people that always went around Samaria because Samarians, uh, the Samaritans were uh, just you know, in the different class of people. They weren't a pure breed of people. The Jewish people wouldn't even associate with them. they go around them. And Jesus says, today we're going right through the middle of town and they get there at the well and he says, I'm just going to sit right here, guys. Y'all go on. You find us something to eat. Get me a number one up there at Chick-fil-A with extra pickles. Go large size. I want a Coke. And I'm going to be right here waiting on you. And then this woman comes up to the well to draw water. She's in a cycle. She's been drawing water from that well for years and years and years. She's had man after man after man after man after man, but every man that she has just leaves her uh, empty, just like she was before the last man, or before the new man. And Jesus is sitting there and he says, you keep coming back here to this well, you're in a cycle, you're coming to draw water, and you're going to have to keep coming here and, because you're going to keep getting thirsty. But hey, if you'll drink from me, Mm -mm, you're never going to thirst again. This is a well right here, a living water. And if you look at it, the most powerful thing he said in the sermon didn't have words. Think about it. He's a well sitting on the well. Just the fact that he was sitting on the well is powerful because it was a well on the well. Or it was to me when I read it or when I saw it in a different light. Praise the Lord. He was the source. New cycle. A new cycle for 2021. A new cycle. Getting into a new cycle. Well, a new cycle is going to come from a new source. If Jesus hasn't been your main source, has not been your source, then see, we have New Year's resolutions, but He's the solution to the resolution. We've all got problems, we've got, all got issues. I mean, everybody's New Year resolution is not to join the gym. 
I mean, there's some more serious resolutions out there. And he's the solution. Basically, a new year, new cycle. And uh, gym owners, they love January. And people that work out religiously don't like it. Because there's going to be a bunch of new people in there this week. But they won't be there in two weeks from now. And they'll never come back again until next January. Or actually, they'll come in spring break and try to get a few things in right before they go to the beach. <laughs> That's what I used to do. No, I, never, I was either all in or all out. Right now, I'm all out. So anyway, moving on. If you start with self, you're going to end up with not enough. I notice here in the seventh verse, or actually in the very beginning, he's talking about creation is perfect. Everything's perfect. And uh, then in the seventh verse, he says, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making the wise simple. But he says, it's perfect. It's perfect. But then, on down to the twelfth verse, he says, um, But who can discern their own errors? Forgive me my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins that they may not rule over me. In other words, in the seventh verse, he's talking about the law of the Lord's perfect. But then he says, but I'm not perfect. His law is perfect, but I'm not perfect. And if you read in Psalms, the 16th Psalm, it says that Jesus, the God, that he, that he puts lines or boundaries in pleasant places and he's putting these lines in there to keep you on the inside. Uh, it's a boundary because it looks like you need to go out there, but he, it's just like a parent telling your child, don't do that, don't do that. I don't want you to do that. We have to put parameters and put lines and put rules. Don't do it. It's not because we're mean and don't want them to have fun. It's because we love them and we know what's best for them. Because we, when we back up and we were younger and we didn't listen to our parents either and we crossed the line and we suffered for it. Got into debt. Married some nut. Or, or you know, went out drinking, driving, got a DUI, whatever. Long list of things. But it says, God draws lines in pleasant places. Why does he have to draw the lines? Because I'm imperfect. I'm imperfect. His law is perfect, but I'm imperfect. And what David's saying here is, he's in a cycle, a cycle of sin. And you and I get in a cycle of sin, the cycle of sin, you always fall short of the glory of God. Now I want you to listen, there's two sermons. There's two sermons going on in your head. I mean, in, in your life. There's one from your head and there's one from your heart. And you can say that one from your head is a fleshly sermon that's going to tell you one thing and there's one from your heart which is spiritual. And um, which one are you going to listen to? Which one have you been listening to? Which one have you been listening to? You've been listening to self or source? Y'all need to practice this. You need to throw your name in here. And you say, I'm going to use my name. Shut up, Red. Shut up, Red. That's what Red has to tell himself a lot of times. That's what you ought to practice and go, shut up, me. <laughs> so I can hear the source a little more clearly. I need to shut myself up. Husbands turn to your wife and say, you heard what he says, shut that mouth. No, don't do that. Just kidding. That's the truth. We need to turn to each other every now and then and go, hey, shh, shut up. Shut up. 
in Joshua, the sixth chapter, Joshua's giving instructions, go march around that city. Don't say a word and don't make a sound. For six days, they marched around, didn't say a word. What if they were just allowed to talk? What good's this doing? Them walls are too big. There's giants in there. This will never work. Oh, we don't have enough. We've never had enough. We ain't got enough. I mean, they murmured and complained about everything. He said, no, no talking, just marching. We're just marching for six days. And on the seventh day, they shouted. There's some trumpets that sounded and some walls that come crumbling down, if you remember. But we need to be like that. Sometimes you just need to shut up. You need to have some days of silence. The sound of silence can be very powerful. Just getting quiet, keeping quiet. It's a very good strategy just to shut up. The greatest, I've heard some good sermons in my life, some good sermons. I hope that this past year in 2020, you heard some good sermons. Whether it's from me or whether it's from somebody else, I hope you did. But I dare to say, if I ask you right now, if we just lined up and went down individually, what was the best sermon you heard last year? You couldn't remember. You couldn't say, yep, the title was this, and you preached about this. Now, some of you could. Some of you could. But most people would be like, oh, well, there was just so many. I mean, you just, you know, that was all good. You know, you try to butter me up. I appreciate it. But they weren't all good. But would you be able to remember? Would you be able to remember the title and what you what the sermon was about. I mean, maybe you remember the sermon that brought you to the altar and you gave your life to Jesus. But here's what I want to tell you is, the greatest sermon that I've ever heard in my entire life lasted for years, and it had no words associated with it. None at all. Zero words. No words. Greatest sermon I've ever heard. It's a sermon that changed my life ultimately, that led me to the Lord, that's got me up here preaching to you right here, right now. And it lasted for years. I mean for years. And so it's a sermon that my wife preached to me. We didn't have any words. No words associated. She just loved me and forgave me and put up with me and dealt with me. She stayed steady. She always stayed on the rock and she always stayed balanced. And I'm chunking spears at her and just like Saul was chunking spears at David. And David just had his hand on the harp and Saul had his hand on the spear. She just never threw any spears back at me. She just kept her hand on the harp. On the harp. Just be you, be you kind, living it out, living it out. Greatest sermon I ever heard. That was it. For years, preached to me, never said a word. Just kind of like Jesus. Kind of like Jesus on the road to Damascus when those disciples were all upset and they're pouring out to him. and He, did, he just listened to him. It says he just listens to them. And then he did open up the scripture and he did share scripture with them. But it started off with just listening, just walking with them. And sometimes you just got to walk with some people. But the greatest sermon I've ever heard didn't have any words with it. It was just the life that she lived. And I know she loves it when I call her out like that. No, she really doesn't. She's a way greater preacher than I am. A way better person than I am, period. Way better than me. She's never preached before, though. But boy, has she preached. You understand me? Your life's going to preach a sermon one way or the other. So I'm just going to leave you with a few thoughts and then we'll let you go. 
What sermon will you listen to? Which one will you listen to? The one coming from your head? The one coming from your heart? What sermon will you speak? In other words, when people see your life, what's your life speaking? Is it speaking from the source? When you're at work, what do people hear? Not from your mouth. I'm talking about what they hear from your heart. What sermon will you live? Which one will you live? Which one will you live? What sermon will you start a new cycle in your life this year? Because it's way bigger than you. See, when you start one in your life, it's going to impact a lot of people around you. This new cycle is not just in your life, but it's also in your family. It's going to be in your wife. It's going to be in your husband. It's going to be in your children. It's going to be in your grandchildren. It's going to go down. This cycle keeps on going. You can start one cycle or you can start another cycle. You can start a cycle from me or you can start a cycle from the source. When I say start a cycle from me, I'm talking about it can be from you or it can be from the source. Amen. And I can't start it for you and I can't live it for you. Hey, it's a, it's a struggle just to live it for myself. And it's, it's not a magic prayer. I don't come up, you can't come up here and I want to pray that he's going to go out and, and, and be this new creation. No, it, it's his choice. You, you're, you're your head coach. Ultimately, you call on the plays for your life. It's just where are those plays coming from? What book? Where's the playbook? Is it Satan's playbook or God's playbook? Praise the Lord. That sound right there. What we need more of. That sound right there. Cut the radio off, cut the phone off, cut the TV off. Just get in a quiet place. Because it's not going to be in the fire or the wind or the earthquake. It's going to be in the still, small voice, in the whisper. Amen. I'm not really sure how to end service today. Not that I usually am. But Anna, come on up here.
the new cycle is going to come from a new source. If you keep doing the same thing, you're going to get the same results in any area of life. Same thing, same results. Do you like your results that you've been getting? Maybe you do in some areas. Some other areas you don't. Some other areas there's something missing. You know something's got to change. Today's a good day to say, hey, time for a new cycle in my life. And uh, I've been looking to the wrong source. And the source I'm talking about is me. Me, 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 and I'm in the me loop. It's like that screen just looping to me. And uh, the loop needs to be around the source. Think about it. The sun, which is providing light, because there's no life without it, Everything, earth, what, what are we dependent on? The sun. It's our source. And we're going around and around the source. It's a cycle. That's the same thing that needs to be cycling in our life, is the sun, S-O-N. Around and around and around. Praise the Lord. Let's just take a just a couple minutes here, a few minutes. Maybe you just need to start on your knees. Start this knee this year on your knees in an altar and tarry for a moment. Just speak to the Lord what's on your heart. But you need a new cycle. Whatever it is, whatever it is, He's been speaking to you during the sermon this morning. Just leave it up here. Just get up and walk away refreshed and with the peace that surpasses all understanding, knowing that He's never going to leave you, He's never going to forsake you, that He's your source, He's your only source. And we're going to start a new cycle this year. So the altar is open this morning. Let's all stand up.